Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Cash Clarity. I'm your host, Abby Nerderman, and I am super pumped that you are listening today because today we're talking about what to do when you're a victim of credit card fraud. I chose this topic because there are some really rude people out there. Why you gotta be so rude? Don't you know I'm human too? (laughs) But really, there are people that exist that don't have any reservations about taking advantage of others for their own gain. And some of them will try to steal your credit card or your credit card info or even your identity. Me, you, and everyone else don't want these crooksters to take advantage of us. It's just, it's not cool. Sometimes we just get unlucky, but other times, and unfortunately, we make it easy for them to steal from us. You might be thinking, I don't have time to worry about this right now. Or you've been thinking, I've been pretty lucky so far, and it's not likely going to happen to me. Stick with me. This is one of those things that is important and not urgent. And then when it happens to you, it's the most important and urgent thing ever because it could quite literally spell financial ruin for you and your family and take years to fix. We shouldn't have to worry about this, but the sad truth is we do. The good news is there are easy things we can do to reduce the impact so we don't have sleepless nights. Unfortunately for me, this happened to me Not once, but twice last year. Thankfully, the events were isolated and it wasn't a stolen card or stolen identity. The first one was with one of my personal credit cards and that someone was only making small charges to Amazon. It took a few months to figure out what was happening. Uh, This is because both me and my husband have this card and we use it together. We both make purchases with it and we both shop a lot on Amazon. So when I was reviewing our credit card statements, I just assumed that he was making a small purchase for something around the house uh, until one day, you know, I was sitting next to him while I was looking at it and I was like, you sure have been shopping at Amazon lately? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't bought anything on Amazon for a while. And so we both pulled up our Amazon accounts, looked at the credit card statements, were able to figure out that somebody is just very sneaky and has figured out how to use our credit card on Amazon. So that was the first thing. The second time this happened to me was when I was on a business trip. I went to San Diego uh, for a conference. It was a three-day conference. During lunch one day, on the first day I was there, Um, I got an email notification from the bank uh, or the credit card issuer and it basically said that, um, hey, we see this charge. It doesn't look like you, you know, press yes or no to confirm. And of course, I was like, no, this isn't me (laughs) because the charge was for something, I think, in like Cleveland, Ohio, and I was in California, like on the other side of the country. So... (laughs) Yeah, so I was on a business trip and it was my business card that got compromised. So that that made things really interesting and fun. Um, now, I do want to tell you more about each of these stories. And I will as I go through the episode, as I, you know, go through my teaching points, I'll refer back to these examples as needed. Now, before I really jump into it, I do have a listener shout out that I want to share. 
this comes from iTunes from Sheikin. And she says, podcast 14, great advice for everyone, not just those interested in accounting. Thank you so much, Sheikin. I really love to hear the positive feedback. I love that you're getting a lot of useful information out of it, even though it sounds like you might not be interested in accounting as much. Now, for those of you that maybe hadn't tuned into podcast number 14, that's the episode where I talked about keeping more of your take-home pay and specifically getting into the details of staying up to date on your tax withholdings by updating your W-4 forms with your employers. And yes, it is definitely something that can apply to everyone, not just small business owners. It's very serendipitous that you left this review when you did because today's episode is about credit card fraud and everyone, again, can be benefited from this episode, not just small business owners. So thank you so much. I'm really happy that you're getting a lot out of the podcast. If you'd like to be featured in a future Cash Clarity episode like she can, please leave a review on iTunes. All right, so are you ready to hear more about credit card fraud? I want to start out with how to identify credit card fraud. Now there are three things that you can be doing to help you catch this and nip it in the bud. The first being to check your statements and activity regularly, at least monthly. As a professional bookkeeper, I recommend to all my clients and anyone out there listening that if you're in business to be reviewing your financials on a monthly basis. Not only does it help you find possible credit card fraud, but it helps you really understand your business and get clarity around your money and just be able to make better decisions. And then I also recommend that you do this at home too. I usually we'll check our home finances more than once a month. I usually look at it weekly, but um, I'm, you know, a bookkeeper by nature. So I'm a little uh, obsessive, I guess you could say. <laughs> All right. So the step number two is to periodically check your credit report. Now, for your personal finances and your personal credit report, you can get a free copy of your credit report once a year. Um, you can always pay to see it more often. Um, I also sign up for one of the um, credit checking, credit monitoring services. Um, the one I happen to use is called Credit Karma. I know there's a couple out there. Credit Karma is the one that I happen to try out. It worked fine for me and I never bothered with any of the others. So, And then if you were not aware, your business does have credit and will have a credit report as well. Unfortunately, unlike the consumer credit reports, you have to pay to get these, but um, you can kind of do it in the same sort of method. But to get your business credit report, you'll have to go through one of the credit bureaus, and I have links to all of those in the show notes. Make sure you at least once a year go out and, and, and get a credit report and check and see, make sure nobody's um, gotten a hold of your information is taking out credit in your name. Now, the third way to identify credit card fraud is to opt into security alerts from your card issuer. Now, if you remember back to my story, the only reason why I knew that my credit card was compromised is because my card issuer had sent me an email and had sent me that notification. So thankfully, we caught it right away. Whereas, you know, the other example I gave you goes back to 
um, step number one and checking your statements regularly. Now I'm going to go through the steps of what to do if you actually discover a credit card fraud. The first step is to review your transaction activity and make a list of the fraudulent charges. So that's exactly what my husband and I did when we first discovered that someone was making purchases on Amazon with our credit card. We took our Amazon accounts, bounced them off our uh, credit card statements, and we're able to find all the fraudulent charges. And we have that list with us for the next step. Now, unfortunately, when I got hit with credit card the second time with my business and I was traveling, I did not have a chance to do this step first. However, I did still come back and do it and come and find out there was at least one other charge that was fraudulent that I had to report to the credit card company. So the second step is alerting your credit card issuer and canceling the card number. Um, Usually there is a phone number to call on the back of your card and they'll ask you some security questions to verify your identity, um, ask you how they're going to help that day. You just tell them, hey, I found some fraudulent charges. Credit card companies are always really good about refunding that money to your card so you aren't out of that money. Now, this is something that I had to do twice on my business card. I called them right away um, as soon as I could during the conference to let them know that there was fraudulent activity and they just instructed me to call back once I had a chance to go through all of my transactions and let them know if I found anything else that was fraudulent. Now, the third step to follow if you discover any fraud is to update your password and PIN. Chances are in this day and age, you're using an online portal to access your credit card in your credit card bank and your statements and all that good stuff. It's a good idea at this point in time to go ahead and update your password. It is possible that maybe somebody fished your password and was able to get your credit card information that way and was able to make fraudulent charges with it. And not always, but sometimes credit cards will come with a PIN number. And if it does, then update your PIN number as well. And of course, if you're using a debit card that has a PIN number, then update the PIN number for that. Step number four is to make arrangements for current payments. So if you're like me, you're paying for lots of stuff all the time. And a lot of that stuff is on auto payment and it's a recurring payment. You'll want to go through, figure out what's coming up in the next couple days and make other arrangements for those payments. And if this happens to be on a business card and you have business expenses coming up, and you need to use a personal form of payment because that might be your only option for whatever reason. For myself, when I was at that conference, I was in this type of situation where I only had my business credit card with me. I didn't have any other form of business payment with me. So to pay for my lunch and to pay for my Ubers and and anything else, I needed to use a personal form of payment. And if you find yourself in that scenario, then I recommend creating an expense report of any expenses that you paid for using a personal method of payment. And then obviously pay yourself back. Now, depending on how many purchases you have, you might just do one expense report for the period of time that you had to cover for your compromised card. 
However, in my situation where I was on a business trip and I was making several transactions every day for, you know, several days, I made an expense report for every single day. That way I could really kind of think about things, compartmentalize what happened on each day and go back and say, yes, this was breakfast, this was lunch, this was dinner, this was my ride to and from the conference, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, any other miscellaneous expenses that were kind of auto pay type things um, were included on those expense reports as well. It just helped me make sure I captured everything. I'm sure if it had been one long report, I still would have got everything, but it was just easier for me to think in terms of daily instead of having one big expense report for that. Okay, Step number five is to closely monitor all of your account's activities. Once you've found fraud on one of your cards, doesn't mean that you're invulnerable on any of your other accounts. So it's a good idea to go in, check all your bank accounts that you may have, um, any other credit cards you may have, and make sure that the activity on those payment methods are legit and somebody hasn't gotten a hold of everything. Step number six is to check your credit report. Now, you want to take this measure because this is going to really tell you whether or not you've been a victim of credit card fraud or if you're a victim of identity theft. And so once you do pull your credit report and you see that, yes, everything looks normal, all the accounts that are being reported on your credit report are what you expect to see, then you can skip on to the next step. But if not, if you found that somebody has opened a new line of credit in your name and it's on your credit report, then you, my friend, are sadly a victim of identity theft. And there's going to be extra measures that you're going to want to take. So the first of those being is to notify one of the major credit bureaus. Um, you don't have to call three, you just need to call one. Once you've um, told one, ask them to set up a fraud alert or a security alert on your account, and then they'll let the other credit bureaus know. And then that way, you'll get notified right away if anybody tries to apply for any additional credit, and they can even freeze your account from anyone opening credit. And then once you have reviewed your credit report thoroughly and you have found new lines of credit opened, then you want to notify those banks. So for example, say you found that somebody's opened a loan in your name, you're going to want to call that bank that issued the loan to let them know that the person that they issued the loan to is not you and is somebody that has stolen your identity. So that way they can freeze that loan and stop that. And then after you've taken that step, you're going to want to call the Federal Trade Commission and report the identity theft. The Federal Trade Commission monitors identity theft nationwide, and they also provide a lot of good free resources for folks that have been victims of identity theft. So it's definitely worth stopping by there and checking out if this has happened to you. After you've notified the Federal Trade Commission, then you're going to want to consider filing a police report. And this is going to really depend on the nature of the identity theft, the extent to which that has happened. Um, and you're going to want to have meticulous notes and details on the steps that you've taken to address the identity theft. Um, I really hope this doesn't happen to you, but these are the things that you need to do if that's the case. The last step you need to take once you've discovered any fraud is step number seven, and that is to 
update any auto payments with your new credit card number once you get it. That way you aren't continuing to use a payment method that you don't want to use for whatever reason. Maybe you're trying to earn credit card points or maybe you were like me and you had to use a personal form of payment for business expenses and you want to get that back onto your business card as soon as you can. All right. So now that we've talked a lot about how to find how to recognize credit card fraud and what to do if you do find it, let's talk a little bit about ways to reduce the chances of fraud happening at all. Now, the first thing is is to keep all of your physical cards safe. I know this seems a little bit obvious, but you want to make sure and know where your cards are at all times and making sure you keep your wallet or your purse in a safe, secure location. Don't leave you know, your purse sitting in the front seat of, of a car where somebody can walk by and see it. Even if you do lock the doors, you know, it's sometimes just tempting for somebody to, to bust a window and, and snatch it. Or, you know, these days, if you're using, you know, Apple Pay or Google Pay or, or whatever, Venmo, PayPal, and it's on your phone, make sure you have your phone locked down so that people can't get into those applications and spend money on your behalf. And then, of course, keeping your phone nice and safe so nobody takes that. And don't even carry around credit cards that you need don't need to use all the time. You know, if you have one of these cards that's like specific to an airline and you only use it when you purchase airline tickets, then don't put it in your wallet. Keep it in a safe place in your home. The next thing is to only provide your payment information to trustworthy sources. White collar criminals these days, they are getting smarter and smarter and they're getting better at spoofing official emails, spoofing web pages, and even like spam calls. So so make sure you're either talking to or, you know, interacting with something that is completely legit. And if you're online, I recommend going to the source sources website and seeing if you can navigate directly to where you need to go to enter payment information versus just clicking on a link either provided through social media or email that way you know that you're on a trustworthy website and then the same thing uh, with uh, a phone call if somebody is calling you and reaching out to you um, figure out a phone number that you have in your contact us or help pages for your bank and try and go back through that way to make sure that they really are who they say they are. The third thing that you can do to help reduce the chance of fraud is to update your passwords regularly. We have passwords for everything. You know, I think I have probably over 100 passwords saved in my password manager for personal and business accounts uh, for different software applications and whatnot. And it makes it easy for someone who's going to steal your credit card information if you're using the same password across all of your websites and online logins. So it's a good idea to be using a different password for each login and then also to be updating those passwords on a semi-regular basis, especially if there's any kind of large data breaches for you know one of the big providers like what would you do if Target gets compromised and they have your online password? What would you do if maybe it were Facebook or Gmail? 
although I don't think that would happen, but it could. And you don't want someone to discover your password for one of those things and then be able to take it and use it and log into your bank and start making purchases through your bank. All right, step number four for reducing the chance of fraud is not to participate in any of those get to know you or random facts about you social media threads. I see them all the time and my first thought is always, oh, if I were going to answer some security questions to try and log into your bank, you've just given me all the answers. So if you see something that's like, tell me all the places that you've lived or tell me all the cars that you've driven or tell me about all your favorite vacations, like those always tend to be default questions that you can choose from when you're picking your security questions. And if you've answered those online, then you've just given someone the opportunity to be able to go in and log into your account using the secure question verification. All right. Wow. That was a lot of information. I know I've given you an absolute earful. So to make sure that the message really sinks in and you've gotten everything out of this episode, I'm going to just run through everything one more time real fast. There were three steps on how to identify fraud. And the first one was to check your statements and activity regularly, at least monthly. The second was to periodically check your credit report. And the third step was to opt in to security alerts from your credit card issuer. Then we went over what to do if you discover fraud. The first step being review your transaction activity and make a list of fraudulent charges. Step two, alert your credit card issuer and cancel the credit card number. Step three, update the password to your online portal and update the PIN if you have one. Step four, make arrangements for any current payments you may have, and then also make expense reports if this happens to be a business account. Step five, closely monitor all of your account's activity. Step six, check your credit report. Step seven, update any auto payments with a new credit card number once it's been issued. And then after we went through how to discover your credit card fraud, we went through ways to reduce the chance of fraud. I gave you four measures for that. One being keep your physical card safe. Two, only provide your payment information to trustworthy sources. And three, update your passwords regularly. And four, don't participate in the social media threads that are to get to know you or to get you to fill out random facts. So now that we're in the episode, I want you to make a plan for how often you're going to review your statements and credit reports. And if it's been a while, put it on your to-do list for this weekend. If you don't review your financial activity, you could be a victim and not even know it, which could mean your credit could be in shambles, making it near impossible to get any sort of financing for a home or a car. Instead, if you do take the steps to protect yourself and catch fraud quickly, then you won't have to worry about your financial freedom or your spending power. Now that we're in the end of the episode, you should know how to monitor your activity for fraud, how to handle it if it does happen, and how to reduce the odds of it happening to you. I hope you come back for the next episode because I'm going to keep this theme going a little bit. We're going to turn to the inside of our business and I'm going to give you some free and easy steps to take to help minimize the chances of theft or white collar crime inside of your business. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts. Until next time.